It's Wednesday, November the 10th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, GE breaks up and a judge rebuffs Trump's latest dodge. First, the world in brief. General Electric, one of America's biggest firms, said it would split itself into three publicly traded companies. It is the culmination of a years-long effort to slim down the unwieldy conglomerate and improve its lacklustre performance. Its healthcare unit will be spun off in 2023, followed by the energy business a year later. That will leave the aviation arm to be led by GE's current chief executive, Larry Culp. Donald Trump's latest bid to withhold materials from an investigation into the Capitol riot was rejected by a federal court. The judge dismissed Mr Trump's argument that his White House records are protected under executive privilege, remarking that, quote, presidents are not kings and plaintiff is not president. The investigating committee has subpoenaed 16 of his allies in the past two days. China flew six warplanes through Taiwan's air defence identification zone as a group of American legislators landed on the island. Taiwan's Defence Ministry said China has entered its ADIZ 554 times in the year to September. And Americans sent a similar delegation in June. But a Chinese general confirmed that Tuesday's intrusion was a, quote, response to the erroneous words and deeds of relevant countries. Poland's Prime Minister, Mateusz Morawiecki, accused Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, of being the, quote, mastermind behind the crisis at his country's border with Belarus. Around 2,000 migrants are stranded there in freezing conditions after Belarus allowed them passage to the threshold of the EU. Mr Morawiecki called this, quote, a new type of war in which people are used as human shields. The WHO warned there could be a shortage of immunisation syringes next year and urged countries to plan ahead. The shortfall of up to 2 billion would impact COVID-19 and routine vaccinations. It may encourage the reuse of needles, which is unsafe. The pandemic has increased demand for vaccine syringes. Globally, 6.8 billion doses have been administered. Annual manufacturing capacity is around 6 billion. The world's temperature is on track to reach 2.4 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels by the end of the century, according to the Climate Action Tracker, a research group. That would far exceed the 1.5 degrees Celsius goal set in the Paris Agreement of 2015. Greenhouse gas emissions in 2030 could be twice as high as would be needed for warming to be contained to that level. Electronics manufacturers TSMC of Taiwan and Sony of Japan said they will jointly build a new computer chip factory in Japan to open in 2024, with an initial investment of $7 billion. Numerous industries, from automaking to video gaming, have been hit recently by a global shortage of chips. The company said the joint venture had the, quote, strong support of the Japanese government. And figure of the day, 8%. 
the share of the world's anthropogenic carbon dioxide emissions emitted by the 5 billion tonnes of cement produced each year. If the cement industry were a country, it would be the third largest emitter in the world, after China and America. And now, here's today's agenda. Good news, bad news. The gig economy. Last Thursday, Uber, a ride-sharing app, said that it is at last profitable, at least by one metric. DoorDash, a delivery firm, was expected to suffer when it reported earnings on Tuesday. Instead, revenue in the latest quarter held up at nearly $1.3 billion, although net losses more than doubled to $101 million, compared with the same period a year ago. Gig economy firms have seen more than $100 billion in investment, but recent successes do not mean the sector has turned a corner. According to The Economist's calculations, the nine ride-sharing and delivery firms that have gone public so far, Uber and Lyft, two American ride-sharing firms, and Didi, their Chinese counterpart, as well as six delivery firms from America, Britain, China, Germany and India, grew on average by 103% in their latest reporting period, compared with the same period of the previous year. But they were still not profitable. Sales for the group have amounted to $75 billion over the past 12 months, and the operating loss to nearly $11.5 billion. Charging up. Rivian's IPO. When Rivian, an electric truck manufacturer, lists in New York on Wednesday, it will seek a valuation of around $67 billion, not far below the market capitalization of Ford, an investor, and above Honda's. That would be an impressive feat for an unprofitable 12-year-old startup that made its first deliveries in September and lost nearly $1 billion in the first half of the year. But investors are hungry for firms that can challenge old car makers in the electrification race, as Tesla's stock market value, now over $1 trillion, attests. Beset by manufacturing delays, Rivian says it will dispatch around 1,000 pickup trucks by the end of the year. Competition looms from Ford itself, which will start producing an electric version of the F-150 pickup truck, America's best-selling vehicle, and from GM and Tesla. Meanwhile, Rivian is working on electric delivery vans. Amazon, another investor, has ordered 100,000. All that ought to keep the firm's batteries charged. Of power and pork. Chinese inflation. The uptick in inflation that is preoccupying policymakers in America and Europe has not so far been a problem in China. According to figures released on Wednesday, consumer prices rose by 1.5% in October, compared with a year earlier. Of the G20 members, only Saudi Arabia and Japan have lower rates of inflation. This apparent stability is the result of powerful offsetting pressures. China's wholesale prices rose by 13.5%, 
the biggest jump since 1995, thanks to a scarcity of coal. That pressure has been counterbalanced by a drop in the cost of food, especially pork prices, which have fallen by almost 44% compared with October last year. To help solve its power shortage, China has massively increased the production of coal. That will increase China's chances of keeping inflation below 2%, but lower the world's chances of keeping global warming below 2 degrees Celsius. Westward Push Poland's Migrant Crisis Thousands of migrants gathered on the Belarusian side of Poland's eastern border this week. In September, the Polish government declared a state of emergency in border areas to restrict their movement, but migrants have continued to cross the frontier. On Monday, Poland deployed 12,000 troops to the region. The EU blames Belarus, accusing it of encouraging migrants to cross into the bloc in retaliation against sanctions the EU imposed after its president, Alexander Lukashenko, stole an election. Poland went further, blaming Vladimir Putin for putting Mr Lukashenko up to it. On Monday, Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the European Commission, condemned the, quote, cynical instrumentalisation of migrants. She called on member states to approve further sanctions, perhaps against third-country airlines involved in human trafficking to Belarus. Poland, locked in its own confrontation with the EU, says it does not need help from the bloc's border guard, Frontex. But as winter approaches, migrants will become even more vulnerable. A solution is sorely needed. Ball in your court. The Women's Tennis Association Finals After 10 months and 58 tournaments, the 2021 women's tennis season ends this week with finals in Guadalajara, Mexico. After a taxing year of pandemic play, there will be notable absences. Ashley Barty, the Olympic champion, is skipping the tournament to rest and Naomi Osaka, who won the Australian Open, is on indefinite hiatus. Emma Raducanu, the surprise US Open winner, broke through so late in the season that she did not rack up enough points to qualify. Of the eight players in Mexico, six will make their finals debut. Annette Contevate from Estonia has won 26 of her past 28 matches. Barbora Krejcikova from the Czech Republic and Iga Swiatek from Poland won the French Open in 2020 and 2021 respectively. The venue adds to the unpredictability. Guadalajara has one of the highest altitudes on the tour, meaning shots travel faster and there is less oxygen to help players recover between points. The competition is wide open. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Arthur Rimbaud, who died on this day in 1891. Life is the farce we are all forced to endure. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app. 
or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download the Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.